0: Talk to us now and go to the TNT Radio Interactive live chat room at tntradio.live. Lighting the fuse for freedom. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Using science to debunk myths from the pandemic to climate fraud. Thanks for listening to Sky Dragon Slaying on TNT Radio
1: uh welcome back to Sky Dragon Slaying myself uh, CEO Principia Scientific International John O'Sullivan and my co-host as always Joe Posner Canadian astrophysicist Joe um we just did a wonderful hours interview with Dr Jerome Corsi and uh um during the break we were thinking so many ideas so many interesting prospects for for a good conversation and we 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 said to Jerome at the end you've got to come back." Um, the ideas that uh, he left me, me with, and you, you made comments, are that the, the war between good and evil. I mean, it, I think that's a fundamental core argument, isn't it? You don't need to be an intellectual, you don't need to be a scientist, to realise that um, we're living through a time of you know change. Maybe maybe dark times. Maybe I, I some people call it. Um, the end times you know I've, I've seen some people on our side of the fence who are very very down on everything you, you're very negative pessimistic about the future um but i'm very optimistic joe because the conversation the the, the zeitgeist is now talking about you know what is the meaning of life um, what is the purpose of what we do a lot of people are dropping out of society we're seeing a lack of engagement especially with young males in getting careers and going to university but i think two-thirds of all university entrants now they're they're female Um, you know the social sciences the humanities they they dominate university courses hard scientists they're a a premium now the critical thinkers are a premium um we we're in a minority Joe but I think we're pushing back and um you know following on from what uh, Jerome said where do you think we're going to be headed now I mean I, I said I'm optimistic do you feel that
2: Well, I sure hope so. Um, I mean, it's tough when you look out there. There's certainly a lot of reason to be blackpilled. You know, that's the expression for people who just sort of, you know, accept that it's awful and you don't know what to do about it. And yeah, I mean, I do have to admit that, you know, the people who have succumbed to, you know, blackpilling, it's understandable. Uh, There's, I mean, gosh, don't watch the news. Don't watch Fox News or CNN. Mm -hmm. The news never presents anything positive or happy. On our show, we present so much great information, and we've interviewed so many great people. Like, if you took the people that just we have sampled on our show, we would have to set up a wonderful utopia, like a true utopia, not some sort of psychotic dystopia, but a true rational system of helping people, true healthcare, getting people fit and healthy. And then, you know, just look at that expression there, getting people fit. That's a great evil now to even discuss such a thing in, you know, the modern university system and the woke woke system, right? You, You can't talk about fitness because that's critical of, People who are overweight, isn't it? And that so that equates to fat shaming, doesn't it? So, I mean, Jerome was so good when he's just pointing out that you know, all of this is just a destructive system. The leftist ideas don't work, you know. And as we've discussed at length here, and I bring up repeatedly on the show and written in my own books, and you know, from the work on PSI, it's not only that the leftist ideas don't work, they have now ended in a plot to cause the final extinction of all. of all life on earth. And I mean, that sounds so, I mean, it's hard to tell people that I can say that on the, on the radio show here now, you know, cause it's, it's a bit disconnected, but in personal conversations, it's, it's a bit difficult to to whip that out, you know, yeah. to, to people because it's a, it's a bit much to take, but it, that is the situation, right? That That is the situation we're in. Now, as far as optimism, yeah, we do have great people. As Jerome pointed out, I think it was just during a, a discussion during the break. I don't think it was during the live time. But he said, you know, the system now is just ignoring people like us. It's just doing the best. I think they're just hoping that we die off. And they've got all of our kids or most of everyone's kids, unless you're homeschooling, you know, in the in the education system. And it's even failed from, you know, you brought up the Prussian education system, which, you know, converted what had been this wonderful education system, the trivium and quadrivium system of uh, the Western intellectual tradition, which caused the revolution in thought between the 1400s and 1800s and created this explosion in true science being done. Mm-hmm. Then the Prussian education system came in to simply educate people to be factory workers. What we have now is not even the Prussian education system. We're literally just teaching people now to be complete uh, morons, essentially. Um, in any case, so there's that. So, of course, that's why we get in on the show so much, don't we, on the, on the homeschooling thing, because the homeschooling students really are aware the future of any sort of degree of rationalism uh is is going to exist so it's a grim situation out there i agree with being optimistic because i mean there's there's no point in (laughs) in going through life being depressed you know but i don't know john it it is a grim situation
1: yeah and i feel that um i mean you and i obviously we we're connected through networks internationally you and i never never personally met each other we we've been collaborating for many years now 12 13 years through principia scientific um the internet has been a godsend for us because again you're looking for like-minded people uh, we've gone outside the normal um, means of communication you know we don't trust institutions anymore we form principia scientific international as an antidote to the mainstream narrative the propaganda and you threw in the term that I think is a very important term you know the black pill black pill red pill uh, blue pill narrative you know the, the, it was from the matrix film wasn't it you know keanu reeves you know back in the day back in uh, 1999 whenever it was um a very interesting film because it kind of prophesied where we would be today and the fact that um you you said we live in a matrix the um the problem with these so-called the, the woke agenda people the transhumanism direction is to get us plugged into the matrix to actually literally get out of our bodies take ourselves into a machine, and you you wave the smartphone in front of the camera. I, I totally agree with you. That that smartphone is where we're headed. Our heads are buried in smartphones. I see people all the time walking down the street, engrossed in a smartphone. They At the gym, people cannot do anything without a hand on their smartphone. Again, yeah. we've l- lost the idea. We're not connected with reality anymore, are we? And um, something else I'd like when to I... say is that... Yeah, carry on, Joe.
2: Well, I was going to say, and I think it's purposeful. You know, a lot of people just make.
1: And um, something else I'd like when to I... say is that, yeah, carry on, Joe.
2: Well, I was going to say, and I think it's purposeful. You know, a lot of people just make the argument, "Oh, well, this is the natural, you know, uh, technological development, and this is what people want." But I don't think it has to be this way. You know, um, you know what's in charge? Obviously, as we discussed with Jerome, money is in charge, and it's just the relentless pursuit of money. The relentless pursuit of money is going to end in. Well, what we have now, we have a pretty dystopic uh, system in a lot of a uh, lot of regards, don't we? Especially with uh, what's happening on campus with the killing of free speech and uh, and yeah, people stuck in their smartphones. We can't even have relationships even inside homes. People, you know, are on their smartphones and phones instead of uh, spending time together, right? Um, so yeah, I like- don't think it has to be this way. We could choose to live a different way. We could just choose to, but you know, we would that would require leadership.
1: Yeah, yeah. And the usual leaders in society are fathers, aren't they? Fathers used to be the backbone of the moral compass. Um, I think I've read many papers, social science papers, that said that uh, the breakdown of the family, um, especially in the black community in America, the the ostracization of the father um, was correlated very well with the rise in crime. Um, You can't kind of abandon you know all this idea of more liberty but you know less responsibility they, they go hand in hand and I think if you empower somebody um, with more privilege comes comes responsibility um self-control is the ma- masculine trait uh, I, again the red pill blue pill movement that terminology that very much applies to what's called the manosphere the manosphere the um it's called an alt-right internet community where so-called incels involuntary celibate men Congregate because they feel they've been emasculated. They've been told to show more of their emotions, uh, to be in touch with their feminine side. Um, because it's well, toxic. the truth is,
2: and the truth is that women don't actually like effeminate men, right? You know, <laughs> no. it's all you know. Yeah, men have been completely vilified now, right? You know, toxic really? masculinity, and then of course the most toxic of all men are white men, who you know prefer to be men, right? So yeah, it's a completely ridiculous narrative, and and again, as Jerome was saying, it completely doesn't work because the fact of the matter is, women like masculine men just as men like feminine women right
1: yeah I, think well, it's it's like- I just want to say I mean I'm I'm a generation older than you Joe um you know I'm part of the boomer community and I, I've got my nephews and nieces there you know in their early 20s they're at university that they're, they're, they're kind of engaging with this kind of discussion now um you know they, they want to know where they are where are they going what is their true identity and they're told to be anything they want Joe but they can be anything they like, as long as they don't offend anybody. And um you know, the, the so-called freedom is kind of limited, isn't it? Because when you're not allowed to offend anybody, then you really have freedom. You know, the right to offend somebody surely should be a natural right. It's you know, really a. You apprenuous. take offense, you don't give offense. I, I like that concept. You actually take offense, but don't give yeah. offense.
2: Oh, that's such a good one. Yeah, that's excellent. It really is a pernicious concept. Yeah, this idea of politeness at all costs, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I actually, I think it actually comes from, at least this is a very early uh, example of it, from Bambi. When's that? 1950s? And the mother deer says, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. That's not the correct solution, actually. You actually should mm-hmm. say, call people out on their you know, BS and on their... Uh, you know, violation of the public space. Uh, yeah, no, that's that's not the correct solution. And actually, yeah, what you just said is excellent, right? So, so the, they'll never give offense. Oh, but they take offense at every single possible thing, right? So, like, when I write a book saying that, you know, guys, this greenhouse effect you're doing, it really, you're drawing the earth as a flat plane. And, you know, there's a geom- geometrical difference in math and physics between how a sphere works and and how a How a flat plane works and how the sun interacts with that. And they're like, that's a very offensive. You said that in a very offensive way. Yeah, but all I did was call you an idiot because you're doing flat earth theory. Well, that's offensive. So we're not going to listen to you and we're going to keep doing flat earth theory because you said it in such a way you criticized us offensively. It's like, yeah, but you are idiots because (laughs) it's (laughs) flat. Anyway, you get my point, right? It's just, uh, it's so silly.
1: I mean I'm engaging quite a lot I mean obviously um so- socially we're uh, encouraged to be as, as TNT presenters engage in topical news stories um I made it my business to do a deep dive in the Israeli Gaza conflict uh I'm quite fortunate I got five thousand followers on uh on Facebook on Facebook I've had very heated debates with people mm-hmm. who really conflate the idea of, of being a pro uh, human rights you know actually defending. The basic concept that um the palestinian people have a right to self-determination um as anti-jew uh, <laughs> you know they conflate that you, mu- you i must be um a racist because i actually like the idea of palestinian people having a claim on their homeland um again it's it's well, just why, as the why jews claim create... right exactly and it's a, it's a kind of uh flipping everything round, isn't it we uh made to feel guilty Joe um well that's that applies to our
2: whole that applies to our whole countries doesn't it I mean Ireland is not allowed to have you know the Irish people aren't allowed to be Irish anymore right or else it's racist you know if there's a a, a, an economic migrant an immigrant or a refugee a so-called refugee interesting how the refugees are never women and children it's always fighting age uh men from africa right i mean what does that what does that tell you so and so one of them goes and um kills stabs some irish children and so it's more you know it's it's spun so that it's more morally reprehensible that irish men are getting upset about this than the crime itself right yeah yeah
1: yeah i like that Um, stabbing it's it's very very clever i mean i i i find that the nuances are lost Uh, they were lost during the black lives matter debate the nuances between hating somebody and 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 hating hate um you weren't you either for or against you were black and white there was no middle way and if if you dared say all lives matter then you obviously you're (laughs) anti-black but again people were killed for that Yeah, you were killed for that. You were literally killed for saying all lives matter. Basically showing humanity. Um, and I've got to the point I have to preface virtually every statement I make on Facebook in any debate with the I am pro-Jew, I am, I I love Jewish people. You know, why should I have to keep saying that I've got nothing against Jewish people? But i do like the idea of self-determination and i try and um frame it in being irish second generation irish uh, my uh grandfather was um a senior commander in on the ira in, in county cork and um you know when i when i was a teenager joe there was a, a good deal of bombing going on in the uk the, the brighton bombings the birmingham bombings the irish people were having a very tough time in in the uk and, and i felt the pain that um Uh, Arab people feel now you know Islamic people feel now Um, because innocent people Joe most people are not radicalized are they most people truly just want to live their life in peace yeah
2: yeah absolutely and uh, I mean well gee this is world history isn't it Uh, people losing land and uh, and fighting for for freedom Now, now it's you know a mass effect where uh, you know European lands especially are being totally economically or sorry demographically uh, replaced and mm. of course it's going to make people uncomfortable and not happy because it's artificial as well why does it mm. need to need to happen it, it seems to be totally artificial
1: yeah and I, I also feel that we're kind of compelled to have an opinion and uh, there are, there are some subjects you don't really want to have an opinion on you don't want to, don't want to be drawn into a debate um, I hesitated on october the 7th to to make any comment and i was hesitating to come on the radio and broadcast uh before i had done a proper deep dive on, on what what was really going on and again the devil's in the detail isn't it and we've learned that you know you and i through the scientific debate about the greenhouse gas theory the the use of sophistry um yeah. the use of clever use of words that people um politicians are very very skilled at it aren't they they avoid speaking substantially they will talk in terms of um uh, pronouncements and um they, they find that people go along with the feeling if, if you look good if you look uh like you can convey something that uh, fits a the narrative then you you, you'll, you you if your face fits you, you you kind of carry the day our face didn't fit and we've had uh non-stop pressure ever since but um it, we'll we'll explore that in a little while joe i think we're going to take a short break now this, this is tnt radio
3: TNT Radio's Timothy Shea. I'm a native New Yorker. I've lived here most of my life. I love the energy. I love all the cultural opportunities. I love just the street scene. But not anymore. New York, to use Donald Trump's famous phrase, is now a shithole. Warren Wilhelm, Bill de Blasio, and Eric Adams destroying the legacy in, in just a few short years of Rudy Giuliani and Bloomberg. We had low crime we had booming tourism we had booming business even with the 9-11 terrorist attacks business in new york it rebounded it was booming we've got beautiful gleaming new apartment buildings it breaks my heart to see what has been done to my native state whose motto excelsior means ever upward but these last 20 years unfortunately they've been ever downward again not by accident, all by design. And what's the root of the problem? The root of the problem is our crooked elections.
0: The Timothy Shea Show on today's News Talk Radio, TNT.
3: Radio works because of its ability to personalize to the listener. What's exciting these days is that people are rediscovering it. You know, people are really rediscovering just how powerful radio is, how ubiquitous it is. It's in our cars, it's in our homes. There are so many new ways to access it. It's everywhere. To find out
0: more, go to tntradio.live. At the top of the hour, we'll keep on top of the news. It's the most important thing we can do. On today's News Talk, TNT Radio.
1: Hi, welcome back, uh, Joe Postman and I. We're, true in the fat. we're um, in the first hour, I had a wonderful chat with Dr. Jerome Corsi, who kind of sparked us with some ideas about um, you know, the, the direction of society and and the way people are being brainwashed. And uh, we talked about red pill, blue pill, black pill, even, you know, the idea that uh, we're living in a matrix and it's very hard to discern truth from reality, uh, from fiction, rather. Um, you talked about it in your writings, Joe, um, especially about the greenhouse gas, theory, about the simulacra simulation and the greenhouse gas theory um the presentation of it is very very slick isn't it you know us poor people on the periphery we were not mainstream scientists we didn't have hundreds of thousands of dollars in uh, funding from universities you and i we did it from um ordinary pen and paper we we did it uh, on the internet we shared our ideas and uh we got traction joe but we've never had you know the, the very sort of slick presentation of all these wonderful uh experts that you see on the tv we saw it through the pandemic didn't we these experts the dr fauci's who get the grandstand they get the podium and um almost worship the, the, the idolatry is crazy um but we're chipping away aren't we and and um we talked about form follows function um you know form should follow function but um i think with the fascist society we live in it's the other way around isn't it do you think
2: yeah, well, it seems to be production quality as we were discussing during our break. There, uh, if people are taken by production quality. If you have a really slick video editing, some expert, you know, maybe they went to university or something uh, for video editing, and now they're working for some, you know, global warming outfit where they want to promote, you know, that pseudoscience. Uh, the video can discuss almost pure gibberish and, and can be saying things about heat that are totally impossible: heat flow and energy and you know physics scenarios which are which are strictly totally impossible which we you would know from physics class but because it has great production quality everyone you know the masses just buy into it and think it looks great meanwhile you and i you know we do this on very little budget right there's very little production quality our content is excellent our content is is you know beautiful and rational uh but uh Yeah, without the production quality, you know, it would be wonderful. Um, You know, I envision someday being able to, you know, develop a business or some funding or something that if we could apply really good production quality to what we have to present, it would just be such a a hit. And it it would be one of those things. It'd be like an emperor has no clothes type scenario all of a sudden everybody would see it and be like wow how did we not see this and it's like well we we're always seeing it but you only saw it now because it has great production quality right um
1: yeah i think the the truth is that's the way of the world they argue that they, they say you can't have a successful run for the u.s president unless you've got a billion dollar budget because you need yeah. that because so much depends on you know the flim flam the spinning the gloss you know the look everything is boiling down to coordinating a team of people to get behind you You know the media control you know, there, there were so many people behind the scenes doing everything and um what ties into that something that I found very uh disheartening was when I was back in the day teaching um the, the film came out an inconvenient truth with Al Gore again a, a very slick former U.S. Vice President Al Gore did a wonderful job presenting his film document, so-called documentary I think it was more of a mockumentary you know painting the picture that humans were dangerously changing the climate and again the production value the values were fantastic they were so compelling and, and, and so much well, this- so that um, it, we bought into it I, I had to teach this stuff Joe I, I literally yeah. spent a year in classes showing this video this film to my classes because I had to um, it's shocking, isn't it? The effect, the power of money, the the flim-flam, is it, it, is all pervasive, isn't it?
2: Well, that's really one aspect of the movie you brought up, the Matrix, right? I, I guess that's what we're talking about. That's the most basic message. You produce something, so what did they have? They had a really great production quality, right? A computer system would link it into your head and would present this world to you, which had fantastic production quality, and you believe yeah. it, right? Meanwhile, it was totally fake, and of course, that movie was roughly based on uh, Jean. Uh, Baudrillard, who uh, Jerome Corsi brought up, and the, you know this idea of the simulacrum, right—a a completely fake reality which has replaced reality. In fact, has become the new reality. But um, yeah, I mean, I don't think that you can actually just replace. So Jean Baudrillard, Baudrillard brought that fully to the idea that once you create a full simulacrum, it literally becomes the new reality, and the old reality is is gone. So I think that's what these people think that they can do, but. Uh, I don't think that you can actually just exchange the laws of physics. You can't exchange, well, here, perfect example. You cannot exchange how life propagates itself, right? You cannot sterilize a man and sterilize a woman and expect life to continue. But these people literally believe that you can do that and i suppose they're going to keep doing it until they get the surgical procedures perfected where where they can do it is that what they want to do i guess but uh, mm-hmm. in any case uh, as it is now you you cannot get rid of of uh the necessary apparatuses that are needed and and expect life to continue so uh yeah you can't go as far as 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 baudrillard said and completely replace reality with with a new reality eventually something something will give. Sure, you can believe in a lie for a while, and you can be lied to for a while. Sure, that can happen. Uh, But base reality itself, I don't think that you can replace. And uh, I want to bring that back to something else that uh, Jerome was talking about, just about religion and spirituality and uh, what seems to be these people's lack of it. They're just obsessed with with a a material. I guess, uh, you know, psychologically, you would classify them as sensing types right sensing types are sensing types make up the scientific materialists the people who follow scientism right whereas uh you know people like you and i we have the intuitive the n Mm -hmm. -N INTJ the intuitive uh, personality type and we seem to have a natural ability to um, just perceive that there's more behind the scenes we're the people of actually plato's allegory of the cave is perfect for this right so the sensing types are the people the prisoners who are viewing the shadows on the wall and they will not accept any argument or demonstration that those shadows are just the fake reality that there's a greater reality greater truth if you just look the other way right so those are the sensing types but the intuitive types are the type who can uh sense that you know maybe we should go look somewhere else for other information and see if there's something else uh you know that that's you know providing an illusion that, that's giving us a false knowledge um about, yeah so
1: i find it useful the um the myers-briggs uh, personality indicator the type indicator and the myers-briggs uh, was something i picked up on about six or seven years ago and to me initially i thought it was just another kind of take on astrology and i looked into it and i thought well hold on this is uh people conv- conducting surveys giving their opinions so you you are effectively giving the data yourself you're providing data and I think it's been done millions and millions of times now and it's become more and more refined it's ba- based on Jungian psychology um and I like the idea that as you say that there's extra extroversion introversion you've got um the basic dynamics sensing versus thinking perception versus judgment um these are things that Jung talked, you know comprehensively about, and. He, Myers Briggs kind of brings it down to 16 different types. And uh I come to I'm beginning to form a conclusion, Joe. I don't know whether you feel this way yourself, but um it's these 16 personality types that are all unique in society. We need all of them. Um we denigrated the psychopath. we we, we said what an evil kind of well, who would create a psychopath and allow them into society but if you think about it um some of the most incredible leaders are are, are psychopaths and i've read that some of the most brilliant brain surgeons were psychopaths because they have no fear of of death they have no fear of, of the harm they cause they have no you know their, their senses are subject to their own intellect you know they will you know make life changing decisions based on uh, the bare facts the bare evidence and not emote too much they will not allow their emotions to to hinder their judgment again you know you could argue that um that's the kind of the queen bee you know the queen bee being what she is in the hive you know is somebody very distinct and different and uh, at some point the workers rise up and they kill the queen bee the queen bee is expelled from the, from the hive and they they bring in a new queen bee um so I I tend to think like a football team like a team itself everybody has a task everybody has a purpose in society and I'm sure that the reason we've involved all these different personality types is not random I I've got to, my gut instinct Joe uh, it's just a hypothesis but I I think if we it might be the time to throw out the queen bees I think maybe the queen bee in society is out the usefulness and maybe we need new queen bees and uh
2: <laughs> well Plato Plato was Plato and the Greeks philosophers were classic INTJs they 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 really formed the 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 Kaja. I mean th- these people were all INTJs and so anyway Plato came up with the idea of the the republic that society should be led and of course the, the language used is different than we understand today but he had said in a, an aristocratic class of meritocrats or basically that society should be meritocratic now rationally applied what he meant was that you know the philosophical experts uh should be running things and you should definitely not leave things to democracy because then idiots <laughs> and stupid people will run things. Now, of course that's been reinterpreted today to mean oh that means that the rich people should run things or that means that there should be an aristocratic hereditary class but you know that has no necessary correspondence or correlation to uh, meritocracy. And then now today, what's really been exposed, and this is a real tough problem that I don't think anyone is really aware of, although I've written about it in my books, that sure, it's a great idea to have a meritocratic uh, rational class, expert class helping to run society. But the rational class today would be recognized as the scientism people Mm -hmm. and It's been totally inverted now, because what these people want to do is destroy the Earth. They want to remove carbon dioxide. They're afraid of the weather, right? And so the idea, I I think it really is an attack on the Greek philosophy and and Plato's Republic uh, in in general, what's happened in modern times with how our our expert class has been totally inverted to total destruction and entropy. If if, If you took, say, Renaissance Europe and Enlightenment Age Europe. Those would have been the true type of experts who you'd want guiding and running society because they were just people, they were moral people, they were ethical. Uh, Today, you would have the worst possible people uh, in charge. Uh, But one thing that I really like from the Greeks, and it begins with Pythagoras, uh, who was a contemporary of Plato. Uh, Plato was actually a a student of of Pythagoras. Uh, So Pythagoras um, had described the immortality of, of the soul, and he was one of the first Uh, to do that in the ancient or in the classical greeks uh, philosophers and plato subsequently and socrates subsequently developed that knowledge and uh they identified that the part of your soul and i mentioned this in the previous show the part of your soul which is immortal is the aspect of your mind which reasons and which and the, they talked about this form of form of the good, which is you know basically synonymous with God and, and goodness and perfect reason and justice and, and all this sort of stuff. And so I just think that's such a great foundation for you know INTJ types because as you said, a lot of people are just checking out. They don't really find um, much satisfaction in, in Christianity. Mm. Now with all the developments that we have in in science, it's kind of hard to reconcile the christian world viola some people do try to do it but uh, it becomes really easy if you just go to the greeks if you just go to socrates and plato and pythagoras and and look what they said it becomes really easy then for rationalists uh to have a religious uh sort of outlook on their life and it's that the aspect of your mind which reasons best is the part of your mind which goes on and survives uh the death of your physical body that's a great concept and it's so simple. You don't have to go through all this salvation stuff and believing just the right way. It just means being smart. Now of course today, like I said, that's been inverted. Being smart has been totally inverted. And I explained in one of my books that now intelligence is recognized as cognitive dissonance. These these professors have, are in such a state of abject cognitive dissonance that they they now associate that feeling, that that psychological discomfort with how you must feel if you are a smart person. So now to be smart, you in fact have to be full of cognitive dissonance, which in fact means that you are stupid, uh, but they don't recognize it as that anymore. So it, it's a really bad situation we've gotten, it, gotten gotten into in the last hundred years. As far as rationalism goes, we're gonna have to recover rationalism uh, somehow, but it's probably gonna come at uh, great expense at this point.
1: Yeah, and um I, I think that the the elite, the so-called elite who that run the world, <clears throat> they prepare the next generation of leaders, don't they? They they don't want um the market to be a free market, they don't like the ideas market to be uh, out of their control. And um they groom people, don't they? They've been grooming people and um it's come to the fore in the past few years. The organization that they use for this is uh the Young Global Leaders Initiative, you know, again, Klaus Schwab. Um, we have mentioned it before. Um, in the World Economic Forum, you know, is probably the root of so much evil. I I kind of characterize Klaus Schwab as a James Bond villain, who's kind of um, Machiavellian behind the scenes, putting the strings. And uh, like Lenin says, if you want to have an opposition, make sure you run it yourself. And um, what better way to, to make sure that you cover all the bases than to actually own all the players, all the key players. And uh, you know, looking through the, the the, it's quite a long list of. of famous politicians who are um, tied into the young global leader initiative uh, you know Vladimir Putin was one Justin Trudeau Emmanuel Macron Angela Merkel um, and business leaders Bill Gates Jeff Bezos Mark Zuckerberg Larry Page it goes on and on Joe and uh we we've been set up haven't we the the global elite they don't plan year by year they don't have a five-year plan plan they don't have a 10-year plan their plan is generational isn't it they they kind of work uh in a, in a dynastic way yeah you know, I think the Rockefellers maybe the Bush family the Kennedy family you can argue they they like to plan things generationally and you and you and I Joe the ordinary guys with an, with a, an ideal an, an ambition it's very very hard to get any traction when you know the game is rigged and uh uh for many years now I've been telling people it's not uh what you know it's who you know would you go along well with that? yeah
2: well, you know, it's very strange how it seems that anybody with billions of dollars gets on this program of uh, of total retardation and, idi- and idiocy, going in for the climate change stuff. And uh, yeah, the the WEF and and the and the young global leaders and all this subversion. Um, how come it hasn't transpired yet that someone on our side has become a billionaire and can fund yeah. globally? So you have Carlos. Um, uh, what's his name carl swab right and uh and george soros sure and yeah. and they use their billions to in place uh politician political leaders all over the world all over western countries to then implement these procedures under orders right oh yeah it's you know people think oh well it's democracy we're voting what went no 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 that, that's all fake democracy is a stage show for the masses none of it's real it's all fake and rigged and we ju- and it's all run like you said by production quality quality in advertising and so they get in who they want and then they proceed with their uh, agendas which nobody ever voted for right so chudo is going in and doing all this gun control stuff which no one ever voted for no one ever wanted right he's doing you know and so they do this all over the world and why do that why why do they do that because they have billions of dollars of expendable cash literally they have Hundreds of billions of dollars, they have unlimited funding. So with unlimited funding, what can you get away with? Well, almost anything. So um, it simply hasn't transpired yet that anyone on our side of things uh, has developed such financial resources uh, to put our people in. I mean, we could put our people in, and if we had people in, we could easily get in control of the necessary organizations and, you know, ban adjuvants and vaccines or ban vaccines entirely come up with entirely different schemes we to have our people so i don't know i mean how can we start i don't know how to make a billion dollars oh, like you said you have to be a yeah, psychopath yeah, right. to make a billion dollars I, I don't know how to do it
1: <laughs> i i think it's um you may pick you may have picked up on it the um the transgender debate um you know self-made billionaire effectively um jk rowling you know the harry potter author she um again not not really political obviously ostensibly left-wing um she took great umbrage at the idea of uh trans people you know, men you, you tell you self-declare as women coming into the women's world and uh taking over and uh she said she'd go to jail rather than use somebody by their preferred pronouns and uh all power to her now that, that to me is an example joe of somebody with great wealth who w- would be very welcome to come in on the world stage and you know, speak to common sense really because they don't really have an agenda someone like that self-made you know they came as an artist creator creative thinkers I think tend to have the vision they tend to realize there's something good naturally good that you want to grow um but it's an interesting point Joe I mean we do need to look for new allies we need to form collaborations and uh you know it's something that uh, at TNT radio we're very shrewd about we we we've built up for two years now an interesting platform here Joe um but yeah. we'll get back to that in a little while so this is TNT radio
0: De weaponizing weather with reality and perspective.
4: The biggest weather news is what is about to happen in Europe. I saw another one of those pictures of Greta Thunberg protesting today. I guess today is like week 300 or something of the climate strike where kids are allowed to be truant and, uh, you know, to protest climate but she was all bundled up and I was like well wait a minute looks awfully cold over there and uh, were there fossil fuels used in the making of those clothes that you have on but I want to get serious about this the fact that we are getting such a cold blast that is coming in and this was telegraphed with those big storms and the reason you see what's going on in the weather today is because all the weathermen start screaming and yelling about climate change instead of understanding The same thing happened in 2009, and they went into the deep freeze over there. But it's a serious situation. You know why? Well, first of all, the implications of that is that the United States is going to get very cold. Now, it's cold right now, but I'm talking about what could be really cold weather, severe cold, in the month of January because there's probably going to be a lot of snow in the united states during the month of december especially after the 20th so what we saw in 2009 2010 was europe got it in 2009 in december and then the u.s had their famous snowmageddon and that occurred later in january and february it'd be a little bit earlier this year probably looking at the overall pattern but think about this you're going to get that grid in europe tested now and especially germany germany looks like ground zero for the worst weather with most snow it's going to be a little bit colder relative to averages up where greta lives but germany is going to be in bad shape here in the next 10 to 20 days but again then you have to worry about the rest of the winter you see what i'm saying so we're going to have some things push come to shove sort of speak coming up here over the next couple of weeks and in fact the next couple of months because unlike last winter i don't think this is backing off this year this is tnt climate and weather watchdog meteorologist joe bastardi asking you to enjoy the weather. It's the only weather you've got.
5: Hi, I'm Susan Lucci. I never thought about heart disease until I had my own heart event. At first, like so many other women out there, I ignored my symptoms. A slight pressure on my chest, shortness of breath. I thought, I don't have time to be sick. I had a a 90% blockage in my main artery and a 75% blockage in the adjacent artery. I received two stents in my arteries. Stents developed through research funded by the American Heart Association. Those stents saved my life. I'm so grateful to the American Heart Association. Their research helped save my life. I can enjoy life with my children, my grandchildren, and my friends. Please, listen to your heart. The only reason I'm here today is because I did. Learn more about the American Heart Association's life saving work at helpheart.org.
0: Using science to debunk myths from the pandemic to climate fraud. Thanks for listening to Sky Dragon Slaying on TNT Radio.
1: Yeah, welcome back. Uh, during the break, uh, Joe Posmer and I were talking about um, the final 10, 15 minutes of the show. We don't often you know, riff it without a guest, but it's a welcome change. It's quite refreshing. And, and Joe, during the break, uh, we kind of mentioned uh, something topical to your line of work yeah, as a space scientist, yeah, astrophysicist. Um, we talked about the James Webb Telescope. We talked about things like space junk. There's a lot of junk up there, Joe. Um, for somebody looking out into a space with a telescope, That's not a good thing when you've got all that crap in the way
2: (laughs) yeah it's not only junk it's operational uh, satellites as well so the the space telescope i used to work on a a space telescope before uh, the university uh, didn't want to employ me anymore because i said that (laughs) i criticized you know the whole climate change thing Um, so elon musk is launching this starlink network right and it's tens of thousands of satellites uh, so it's, it's a huge increase in the number of satellites up there, and uh, these things were started. It was becoming so numerous in such a short amount of time that they were starting to fly in front of the cameras of uh, of the telescope we had up in space, and uh, so then we had to start adjusting how we were viewing targets and things like this. So uh, yeah, I mean they do talk about um, the space junk problem. So those are the satellites which are now defunct. No longer being used and sort of just drifting aimlessly and i mean the hope well and the, the inevitability is that their orbits will decay and then they'll simply burn up in the atmosphere at some point but it can take you know thousands of years for that to happen um yeah we do have the space uh, or the james webb space telescope up now now it's actually really far away it's at a lagrange point beyond the moon so it's it's a stable location in space where the gravitational uh forces and the the orbital forces centrifugal force of uh, orbital velocity all balances out so it's a really stable spot stays uh it's a few million miles away from earth on the other side of the sun so more distant from the sun than earth and it just sits there and so it's really far away and uh yeah that thing is doing really great taking really great uh pictures but uh what this connects back to and i know i've mentioned this on the show before but it's good to repeat because it comes back to uh you know jerome Corsi and what he was saying about um, truth being subjective and what's happening in the academic system so this old telescope we are working on uh, you know came to its end of life as you know and we had a new space telescope proposal ready to go the canadian space agency and the indian space agency were telling us in emails oh the money's ready to go yeah sure you guys just need to write your proposal and uh, and it'll be great and go right ahead the money's there so we had the top scientists in canada and india and all over the world write this amazing proposal for a new telescope uh, you know, which is different from the James, James Webb Space Telescope, you know, because there's different wavelengths that you look at, right? Different frequencies of light, and you see different things in different frequencies. So we, are, we were specializing in ultraviolet. Ultraviolet means you're looking at hot temperature things. So hot temperature things are like star forming regions. So with our telescopes, you could see, look at galaxies, and you could see how many stars uh, another galaxy was was building, which, uh, you know, scientifically, astronomically, very interesting information to see the different behaviors of different galaxies um and how many stars they're giving birth to of course if they're giving birth to stars they're also giving birth to planets so anyway all really interesting science to do right well the university of calgary rejected this proposal to develop this telescope even though the money was available so this is rejecting money i mean they're rejecting millions of dollars at this point right and this would have been 10 20 years of work uh, to develop new PhD students, doctorates in physics and astronomy, uh, master's degree students. This would have been all, you know, dozens probably. Lots of work. They rejected it because we couldn't say how this space telescope looking at galaxies would contribute to the uh, transgender community and help solve climate change. So that is the degree of uh, the woke virus which is infecting academia now. They'll reject millions of dollars because you can't say how a telescope in space, looking at galaxies, is gonna help transgender people have sex.
1: You couldn't make this crap up, Joe, and the fact is no, what, you do, can't. what you're, you're adding to knowledge, this is the thing, you're adding to the body of human knowledge with what you do, it's a win-win, isn't it? Um, and what makes me so angry, Joe, is that the fact that uh, these people don't care, that they're, they're giving up you know, the opportunity to get vital raw data, raw information, to push forward the boundaries of human knowledge. Um, the human condition is we like to explore, we like to learn. We've not really, we kind of scratched the surface of, of the environment, of the world around us. And, uh, you know, we're inquisitive people, aren't we? And you think that the investment's there, the money's there and you know, the money's on the table to be used for that. But because you don't meet the criteria for a political agenda, you are stopped, you're prevented. And, and here you are today, Joe, you're no longer working uh, at, in your job yeah, it's mm-hmm. kind of anti-intellectual it's it's anti-human it to me it's it violent it,
2: it's intellectual violence It's rape it's intellectual rape almost is what it is right you feel raped once these people are through with you right because you, you just taught you're just trying to do the most basic science you're just trying to write books discussing the most basic things and they're just like well we don't like the way you said it I'm like what i'm saying something really important they're like what you said doesn't matter the way you said it hurts someone's feeling feelings you know it it just it it comes down to intellectual rape you feel violated you know of course they're claiming that you violated them because you said something not nice but it comes back to that statement i mean we used to say this as kids all the time sticks and stones can break my bones but names can never hurt me we said that so much as kids i guess it really stuck for me i guess children don't say that anymore and you know because now so so these people like you said they take offense at everything uh, while they, you know, rape you and intellectually rape you and violate you at will. They can violate you freely, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, and again, going back to the James Webb telescope, I mean, that, again, it, it, from what, my reading of it, correct me if I'm wrong, but it appears to be transformative. Um, the ability to see far, far deeper than than we've ever seen before is kind of throwing question marks over traditional accepted theories. Einsteinian... Uh, physics for example now has got a few more problems you know some of the questions we thought were resolved or maybe not resolved um what's your take on that i mean surely I, I know you kind of guess the answer but again it's empirical empirical evidence versus computer modelling isn't it it's the theory versus practice and you you isn't it, obviously isn't it an empirical scientist you're going to be advocating for for more of that you know cutting-edge uh groundbreaking research it because overturning the narrative kind of undermines the uh, status quo those in power who built their careers you know on the kind of mythology of, of something that's gone before you know they don't like that you know you're an upstart aren't you if, if you're an advocate for, for a new science
2: yeah, absolutely. They don't like that. It's all very much status quo. It's, uh, it's extremely conservative, but in a very bad way. Uh not, not a good type of conservatism. It's, uh, it's stifling. Um, but James Webb Telescope, yeah, it is very interesting. It was designed, uh, one of its major goals was to be able to look into what is called in astronomy the Dark Ages. That just means that it can look uh, back to in time. Because the further you look away in space, uh, the more time the light has taken to get to you. So that means that the farther you look away, the farther back in time you're looking essentially, right? So you can look at galactic evolution, because of course, all of our suns and stars exist in galaxies. Galaxies are collections of several billions or hundreds of billions of stars. And then of course, some of those stars, like our star, the sun, you know, have solar systems. Uh, so, but what we, we have not been able to see this period. So we can see, the remnants of what seems to be the Big Bang and the cosmic microwave background radiation seems to be a pretty good explanation, um, and then we can see recent history. But there's this dark period where we haven't had the technology sensitive enough telescopes to see yet, um, where the galaxies first started forming in the first place. Because you know now we have the Milky Way, you can see it. That's our galaxy. Um, other galaxies are really easy to see. You know, just look up. Uh, you know, search galaxies on on, uh, on, your internet search, you'll find beautiful pictures. But the thing is, how did these things form in the first place? We really wanted to see that. Um, so that's what this thing should help do for us. And there's another problem in science, and it's really a metaphysical problem, a philosophical problem called the fine tuning problem. And that problem is, why are the constants of nature The values of nature, such as the gravitational constant, Uh, that's how strong gravity is, and Coulomb's constant, that's how how strong uh, electricity is, for example. And uh, there are several other constants related to physics and nuclear physics and things like that. Uh, But these constants have to be so finely tuned. They have to be finely tuned to like one part in, it's an astronomical, like a literally astronomical number, uh, 10 to the power 60 or something like that. One part in that, (laughs) extremely, extremely finely tuned. This universe has to be extremely finely tuned to operate at all. And if these constants were only slightly different, stars wouldn't have been able to form. They would have just never been able to do what they do with nuclear fusion, with forming, with giving off light. That just never would have happened. So it has to be so extremely finely tuned. The question is, how, you know, I'm, I'm among a range of, assuming any possible value because that's what we do in science just assume that it's all random how did it come to be that all these multiple constants are such that this universe and matter can exist in and we can be here and a lot of scientists now are returning actually to explore whether or not god is actually a good or at least you know some some might become go towards christian but you know if you want to just be purely philosophical about it, some mind operating in some capacity, the management of the universe and its laws of physics and getting it all set up. And in fact, in my first book, um, come to think of it, um, I did actually discover a scenario where it did seem like there was some sort of mind at work um, modifying equations in thermodynamics, such as to govern reality and govern a smooth process of reality, such that reality doesn't break down. So that's my own contribution to that problem. It does seem like there's some sort of my, you know, I'm not going to call it the Christian God specifically. I just don't know, but I will, you know, go with the philosophers, and just say in the Greeks, and just say, you know, call it Plato called it a demiurge, which just means, you know, he called it a shaper of form. So today we would just say. It's some sort of cosmic mind that manages the laws of physics and keeps reality running. And it would probably be that mind that set up the constants of physics such that we can have the universe that we live in and live here. It does seem like that is the explanation. And as I said, a lot of scientists are returning to explore that now.
1: Yes, I mean, I I became a full time science writer about 10 or 12 years ago, Joe, and it amazed me speaking to professional scientists how many actually do believe in God. They have a spiritual uh, core to their intellect, you know, and um, going right back to Albert Einstein, Albert Einstein, um, Isaac Newton, you know, uh, so many great minds, Francis Bacon, um, Leibniz, Mendel, Marconi uh James Clerk Maxwell.
2: Just people, it, are all firm believers a, in a higher mind, weren't they?
1: Yeah, Louis Pasteur, Max Planck, you know, Copernicus, Descartes, Robert Boyle. You know, it's like a long, long list of people. You'd think, I mean, conventional wisdom is, do you think that um, the cold, hard rationality of science would disprove God? But yet, the more you work as a scientist, the more you tend to have a growth in your spirituality
2: and even the geneticists that- are geneticists are turning to that explanation. they're looking at the complexity and in the information and they're saying this can't just where does the information to make a dna strand come from and they're like we have to start looking at the possibility of a mind they're not going to you know and they're fair to say look i'm not going to say it's your religion or this religion or that religion which has it we're just saying there is evidence of mind at work here mm.
1: Right, Joe, we're coming to the last 30-odd seconds. I mean, we don't often promote your work, but uh, give a, give a shout-out to some of your work, some of your books.
2: Yeah, so that first book where I discuss this uh, evidence of the mind operating the universe, that's called In the Cold Light of Day. So it's all on Amazon under my author name, Joseph E. Postma. Uh, so that first book is In the Cold Light of Day. The second one is The Layman's Guide to the Greatest Scientific Fraud in History, and it is an amazing fraud, this climate change uh, stuff. And uh, the third book is Planet Wars, really fun book. Uh, fourth book is Illuminism, where I discuss you know a, a philosophy, a religion for smart people, for INTJs, based on the idea that it's the reasoning part of your soul, which is immortal. And then the last book I discuss uh, what Einstein did to wreck science with his uh, interpretation of relativity theory, which he stole from other people who had already developed it in Europe.
1: Thank you, Joe. You, that takes us to the end. It's uh, Sky Dragon Slaying on TNT Radio. Joe Postman, my, my good friend and colleague, thank you very much for joining us today on TNT Radio, Sky Dragon Slaying.